Hello everybody and welcome back to the shuttle pod. This is episode number 65 and we are recording on Tuesday, January 8th, 2019. I'm Brian Drew and I'm here with Mr. Matt Wright. Hey guys. And Mr. Jared Whitley. Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year everybody. This is our first shuttle pod of 2019. And we just, I want to give a little shout out to our, our leader, Kayla, who couldn't join us, yes. but is here with us in spirit. Absolutely. Yeah, she'll be back next week, or next yes. episode. I would never say this to her face, but she is a wonderful person and a gifted scientist. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well said, well said. Thank well you. said, yes. So yeah, this is our first pod of 2019. It's going to be a very big year in Boy, is the it? world of Star Trek. And mm-hmm. let's get into it a little bit, shall we? There's been a lot of news Particularly in the past couple of days, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Really. The last, like, two weeks have been jam-packed, I would say. Yeah, and then today, Tuesday, also was just an absolute deluge of (laughs) stuff. Yeah, it's really good that we recorded our podcast this evening on on Tuesday and not, say, on a Monday. Yeah, typically. We would have missed all this news. Yes, typically (laughs) we we record on Mondays, and and, uh, I had to beg off last night and... And and thank goodness Jared you were, did, Brian. Yes, Matt and Jared were kind enough to postpone it. And yeah, it, as it turned out, it was a good thing that we did. Yeah. 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 Brian knew that. He just wasn't going to tell. That's he, right. He knew that. That's, he knew that. That's how yeah. good his nose for news is. That's, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. Uh, so let's get into it, shall we? Mm-hmm. So Discovery is coming back next week. Yeah. Next uh, Thursday, so nine days from now. There's a little bit more news coming out about season two. We're not going to probably dwell on it for too long because the show is coming back. Yeah, because we're very all about soon. to start seeing it. So hey, we don't yeah. need to dwell. Yeah, but we've you know uh, in the past week or so, there's been new posters, mm-hmm. uh, promotional posters, new images of the cast. You know, just you know your generic kind of cast photos. Um, mm-hmm. And then right before Christmas, literally right before Christmas, we got the final trailer. Yeah promoting the, uh, the the upcoming season. And we got to see a bit more of Spock, who's apparently in an asylum. There was, there was a lot to like pick through and unpack. Matt, you want to yes. talk about that a little bit? Sure. Well, and of course, there's a fantastic article we put up, if you haven't already seen it, from December that goes through this third trailer and tries to pick it apart. Um, but yeah, we, we have Spock apparently... Uh, not just on leave, but it looks like maybe locked up because this mystery of the Red Angel is kind of driving him batty. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm not really sure. We'll we'll find out the context of all of that. But it looks like he makes a little uh, padded cell break <laughs> in in the footage. And so, I don't know. Eventually he ends up back in the Discovery. It looks like maybe Burnham comes for him, you know, and kind of takes him away from there and takes him back. She's, uh, she's his emergency contact as his, <laughs> as his uh, foster sister. Exactly. And, uh, Cyborg wasn't available. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cyborg's being off going rogue somewhere. So it's fine. He's looking um, for shockery. Yes. He is. Uh, yeah, that's right. So, uh, Spock says some very, you know, big, grandiose, very trailer things about the red angel and those yeah. bursts that go with it. Where these very big, um, almost almost Marvel movie esque, I, I, you know, I was just about to say that. Yeah, it feel it feels very you yeah. know Avengers Thanos kind of stuff going yeah. on, where 
someone or something is going to end all sentient life in the universe. Dun, dun, dun. Spock, Spock declares, which is interesting. I have to say, I think it's kind of the phrasing is interesting because it ends all sentient life. Why, why the qualifier of sentient? Why isn't it just wiping out mm. everything? So yeah, my, so, my so point, Matt. I had thought of that. You're absolutely right. Yeah, so plants, yeah, microbes, yeah. things that are unaware, right? Like they're fine. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand that. But spores. All, all the all the ducks will survive. <laughs> spores, spores. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's intriguing. Perhaps we'll see. Um, we don't want to dwell too much because honestly, pretty soon we're going to be talking about this sure. weekly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 But uh, I think all, all another cool thing is we we get to see the follow up to the lovely short treks that we have talked about in this podcast with Saru. We know that he goes back to Kaminar mm-hmm. and rescues his sister, and we see a little bit of that. And potentially. We might be seeing the uh, predator species. We get a glimpse of this, a very ominous dark figure kind of torturing Saru. So I don't know. I don't know what they just showed us, but maybe that's the Ba'ul. Maybe yeah, not. I was about to say that it seems yeah. like a good chance that that's exactly what that is. So they seem very ominous and almost like a shadow creature, which is an interesting choice. Let's see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I also, I think the the trailer ends on a sort of, perfect note i think for what they're trying to put out there as a vibe for season two pike uh they they sort of end the trailer with this pike saying who knows what's out there waiting for us like be bold be brave and be courageous so i think be bold be brave be courageous is quite the tagline yeah i think that pretty much i think that sums up that that trailer quite nicely Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. And then uh, that was that was just before Christmas. And then just this last week, we got a fun little minute and a half featurette with Anson Mount discussing Pike and where we find Pike now and how he comes aboard. And it has a few new clips and it shows that Pike is definitely not above teasing some, some people in the middle of all this kind of levity. And they also shows Pike's permanent record, which I thought was interesting. When he authenticates himself as like Pike, like he puts his hand down, you know, um, kind of like you, we saw like in court martial where you put your hand down and you authenticate yourself mm-hmm. to like the main computer. He does that. We see a clip of that. Um, and then his, his permanent record, so to speak, his service record shows up on screen to sort of like, you know, prove who he is. Like there's a photo of him and there's some details. And I think it's kind of fun that they worked in some nice details. They talked about his, um, the ships he served on. And I thought it was kind of fun that the very first ship he ever served on was, uh, the ship that is eventually going to be doomed by Charlie X in about ten years. Oh, the Antares! Oh, yeah, oh, the cool. Antares is his, is his like first ship, and you can see that because the Antares was like a merchant marine kind of vessel. So that's where you might start your career, kind of down sure. there, you know, doing kind of ferrying of people and cargo, and then work your way up. So that's kind of a fun little Easter egg of sorts. Is like, oh, we know that ship. <laughs> we know where that's going to end up in a few years. <laughs> Um, it's it's a much more uh, relaxed Pike than we're used to seeing. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so this will be interesting because we also know that the Telosians still haunt him because they've actually mentioned that before. Oh, that interesting. That that eventually they they get brought back up. So oh, Pike cool. may have. So it's interesting. So Pike is certainly looks like he's bounced back from it because he's had about uh, three or four years at this point to kind of mm-hmm. bounce back. But we do also have been told that the Telosians somehow involve themselves. So we don't know how exactly, but that's intriguing. 
Now, do we do we have any kind of insight? Like, is this going to end with him getting put in the in the space wheelchair? Is, no, because that that's no. that's that's about that's uh, that's what is that? That's in twenty two sixty seven. Yeah, that and this happens. is twenty two fifty seven. Right, yeah, that's that about ten years after off. Kirk takes command of the Enterprise. Okay, so right. that's, that's still a ways away. So we're about ten years off from that. Because like they did that with the uh, X Men First Class, where Charles Xavier gets shot right. at the very end, right. and that's why he's in a wheelchair. Right. Um, and so I was wondering if they were setting up that same kind of thing for this. Mm-mm. No, because in, in theory, Pike is in the middle of his second five-year mission. Oh, right. okay. All right. Great. So he, he has to go take back the Enterprise and go on his way for a while first. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This season's going to end with him going back to the Enterprise. Oh, okay. Yeah. It has to. Yeah, yeah it has to. We, we know that much. Um, I also is one of those things where it kind of puts on screen. So this is some of the first on-screen live-action canonically that... He assumed command of the Enterprise from Robert April. So oh, sure, sure, that's yeah. kind of cool. It kind of solidifies that. Yeah. You know, just a few little things like that. It's also fun. Apparently, when you get their service record to confirm someone's identity, you also get their Starfleet Academy grades. Which <laughs> is really kind of like, okay, sure, wow. whatever. But they threw that up there, and he has a... He has an F in astrophysics, which astrophysics, I think is really funny. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. it shows it shows up in the giant red F, by the way, spread across <laughs> the view screen. So I can only imagine that one of our geniuses, like maybe Tilly, is gonna kind of like, you know, jaw drop because here's this here's this you know oh. renowned captain who everyone looks up to. Oh, but he flunked this like you know thing in, at the academy. Okay, you, sure you know what. You know what's yeah. that? That what they do that with that is that's to make him like uh, Captain Exposition, so that he'll say, "I don't get it. What's it going to be?" And Stamets will say, "Oh, that's right. You failed astrophysics. Well, here's yep. how we do this." And then he'll do yep. the science they're, explanation. Exactly. They're basically setting him up for a joke and a and a setup like that at some point. I'm yeah. sure. Smart. Smart. Yeah. You, you I mean, have to do it's that. Fine. It's kind of cute. It is sort of dubious that why would someone's basically college grade show up on their service record, but that's based but it's fun you know mm-hmm. whatever so that was kind of cool um and then just before we move on from discovery just recently kurtzman was out you know alex kurtzman showrunner and executive producer was mm-hmm. out doing press uh for the show and he said something kind of interesting that i that i wanted to call out we can talk about it for a minute here which is that he told uh digital spy in the uk while chatting with them about season two that he can see discovery going on for a long time oh yeah a lot of series have gone on for a long time the key is to constantly find a way to reinvent while also always delivering what people expect from the show and i think that's interesting because i'm not sure you can reinvent while also always delivering what people yeah. expect yeah. yeah that that seems like a contradiction in terms yep. yeah but... yep as we know different fans expect different things and it's already sort of a bone of contention, right? About what people sort of want to see yep. from Discovery. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. I'm not sure. It's, you know, pretty typical kind of executive producer speak. But at the same time, sure. it's intriguing. Like, what does that mean, I wonder? He should just speak in trailer talk all the time. It should just be like... Well, this, he, he kind of does. This, <laughs> this season will wipe out all sentient life on planet Earth. You dare not miss Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Anyway, so, like I said, Discovery will be back very, very soon. And we will be bringing you full coverage here on the Shuttlepod. Yes, indeed. We are going to be reviewing 
every episode as they come. Yep. They they will be released on Thursdays, and we will be recording our reactions on Monday. So we're gonna you know give ourselves a little time to watch it and think about it, and then it'll be up by Wednesday at the latest. Mm-hmm. Just so, in time to listen to it and then watch the next episode. That's right. <laughs> can, can can I tell you? Can I tell you guys my reaction to the trailers and maybe kind of prediction for season two? Go for it. It uh, it doesn't really seem like Michael Burnham is the main character of her own show anymore. If indeed she ever yep. really was. Yeah. Does that make they're sense? They're certainly cutting the trailers that way. Like, I think yes, they're trying they really it, hard it, it, yeah, to be it, like, hey, Pike, hey, Spock, you know these people. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it seems like that's who the show is about, is those two characters now. Right. We'll see. The funny part is in, every, on, in, in a lot of interviews, they'll like refocus it and be like, oh, but Burnham's arc is really good this time. Oh, but our main character Burnham has a really good arc too. Mm. So it's it's funny that they they even in interviews they have to like refocus it because I think the trailers are sort of doing a disservice in that regard, right? Like yeah, like not really. Yeah. yeah. If the so. if the goal is to highlight her, they whoa gosh they don't do that at all. Nope. So we'll actually have to, as we know they love to cut trailers up and slice and dice and play with your expectations. Sure, sure. Um, so we'll have to see what really comes of it. But mm-hmm. yes, they're they're mm-hmm. they're leaning very heavily. For example, they're leaning really heavily into Pike and his gold uniform, which he very quickly changes out out of. Sure. Yeah. If you actually like deconstruct what happens by the end of the first episode, he's in a disco uniform because he's now taking command of the disco. Yes. And he like mm-hmm. he loses the the like gold uniform and moves right on right so yep i think it's funny but but what's all the press all the big press you know photos uh there was a giant full body like photo spread in the sfx magazine that mm-hmm. we highlighted on the website recently and it's pike in the gold uniform yeah. which wow honestly he probably they probably he probably spent more time in that doing photo shoots than he probably than my from my guess is than actually in the show no you know question. what i mean no question yeah. at all. If you're going to lean into TOS, you're going to sell TOS, they're, baby. They're going to do it. I know. Yeah. But it's going to surprise people when he suddenly ditches it and puts on the standard disco captain's this, uniform. This you guy's... know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 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 totally. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, This and this kind of answers the question as to why, because a lot of people, myself included, kind of wondered, well, why didn't they put this in the future, especially since there's... Um, Oh yeah. There's this new technology that they have, the the mycelial network, the, or the spore drive, excuse me, and the technology looks so much more advanced. Why not just put it like ten years after the end mm-hmm. of Voyager or whatever? And and this is why is they allowed themselves that little trap door to say, okay, if we need to, we can we can pull out the nostalgia talons as much as we need. Yeah, seems yeah. like it. Yeah. So we had big news that came today. Alex Kurtzman is has been. Uh, doing publicity he's also been I believe he's been at the Consumer Electronics Show the CES in Las Vegas mm. yep talking about Trek and technology and whatnot. and the Hollywood Reporter got an interview with him and he quite an interview a, yeah, yeah quite an interview it, it was a multi-part thing um, the first thing we heard about was that there will be more animated material in addition to the upcoming Lower Decks Lower Decks series Oh, yeah, wow. this was surprisingly kind kind of cool. Very yes. interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. We we I think we talked about this a little bit on the podcast. We definitely chatted amongst ourselves that the one thing that 
really is missing from the strategy is something to hook kids like we've yeah, talked about absolutely. The, mm-hmm. you know the clone wars and the rebels sure. of the star wars world right like how do they need to do that you know in this day and age and this kind of you know media thing they need to do that and yeah. so that's the very first thing that's the first bullet point sort of to this is that's what he just said he basically just announced that there's some other they won't talk about the details but there is another kid focused cartoon right coming right so yeah so the first thing was a little bit more concrete there's going to be two animated shorts i believe during short treks yeah so so this is something we basically knew but they hadn't really talked about too much is last month the chief creative officer for cbs david nivens just kind of dropped a little thing that said oh yeah and there's going to be more short treks you know between the end of season two and the start of the picard show and we all assumed that they had been talking kind of you know People like Kurtzman and, and his other, um, you know, co-executive producer, Heather Caden, um, had been talking about this, uh, sort of implying that there would be more Star Treks. But this is the first time that somebody said, oh, no, there are going to be more. And that was just sort of dropped in the middle of some little presentation. And we picked up on it and we covered it. And then Kurtzman today picked up on that thread again and said yeah two at least two of these short treks are going to be animated and they will come in the spring right after season two of discovery finish oh that's so cool yeah that that's also i have to figure from from like a budgeting standpoint it's got to be a lot easier to do an anthology type of thing when you're just drawing stuff than if you have to build sets from scratch i mean i imagine so once they have the people in place yeah sure and I also figure, and we've talked about this before, they have the huge advantage of if they want to have Michael Dorn on an episode and Michael Dorn doesn't want to go through the ordeal of putting on the makeup, yep. animated is the exact right way to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I suspect we're going to see more of the TNG cast in animated. Yeah, form. absolutely. Yeah. They yeah. could do something with young Beverly Crusher and not mm-hmm. miss a beat. Or they could just yeah. do a one-off story on the Enterprise D. It doesn't really matter. Sure. That's yeah, right. Exactly. That's right. It won't. Yeah. It won't. I mean, they, they yeah, did that matter. on the Family Guy a couple times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, they did. That's true. That is true. <laughs> uh, he also went on to talk about Lower Decks for a minute. This is one of those things that he he talked about the tone of it because everyone's kind of wondered, like, well, how irreverent is Lower Decks going to be, right? Like, just how much is it going to laugh at Trekkies and tropes, like, because I think that's been I've never been worried about it. We I think we've talked no. we've talked about this that we're not too worried about it. No, but there not is at all. Se- but there is a segment of the fan base and I and I get it, like that is sensitive about this and is concerned about where this might go. And so Kurtzman, it's interesting, he must have heard this feedback because he did take a minute in the, in the middle of the news to kind of talk about lower decks. And he wanted to say that um, the lower decks is something totally different from the other cartoons and the other shows even. It, but he also says Lower Decks will never laugh at Star Trek. Yeah. It's embracing and loving of all the trips of Star Trek, but it's never laughing at it. So he, he made sure to call that out. Mm-hmm. So somebody must have been, you know, some of that feedback must have gotten to him. That people are worried that maybe it's too, I don't know, you know, maybe it's a little too harsh on the Trekkie tropes or something. I don't know. Everything I've seen from him everything i've seen him do so far with trek has been done in a loving way right i'm not worried about it at all he's no. he, he loves he loved tng with that parody of season eight you yeah know. yeah yeah and trek can stand 
to be poked fun of. Sorry, it can. It can. I I agree. Well, I mean, look, as long as it's not mean spirited, there's no reason. Right. No, of course, of course. And he's not spirited. You wouldn't find that. In, people right. wouldn't I find mean, that in right. Chucky's love Galaxy Quest, and that's that's a fun yeah. little poking at Chucky's, but in mm-hmm. a love loving way, and so it was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting, though. He went out of his way to just sort of say that. So, yep. Hmm. Yeah. So the, the the two animated shorts are obviously real concrete. They've been ordered. They're going to be coming out in the spring. Mm-hmm. Between the gap between Discovery ending and the Picard series starting, we don't know about any other things that are programming that's going to occur between those two projects. No. I'm curious if they're going to be more short treks, like beyond yeah. just those two. Yeah, but we have no information on that. The no. other, the the kid focused show, sounds like it's coming, but it's much more nebulous in terms of details. We don't really know much yes. about it. It may not even be on all access. We don't know anything. Oh, about that's it, really. that's right. That that's the other thing. Like that. The Hollywood Reporter says that's right. I'm glad you mentioned them, right? They actually made a specific point of saying that it may not be on All Access. And I think that makes a lot of sense only because All Access is not really kid-focused at all. Like, the content on there is none of it's kid-focused, right? There's no. no other cartoons or something that CBS has access to. Of course, CBS doesn't really have a library of cartoons either, right? They're not... The, the, the library is on the Viacom side mm-hmm. <laughs> of, of the split, not theirs. Uh, for for cartoons anyway, yeah. and of course like, like like Viacom has all the Nick cartoons, and of course Warner Brothers has, you know, all the Looney Tunes Looney and stuff. Tunes. So, so yeah. CBS basically doesn't have anything for that niche. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think now this is not official, but this is just us talking about it, speculating. I think that one of the places because we've talked about where an animated series might go amongst ourselves at Track Movie for quite a while. One of the places that's sort of obvious that it could go is. There's a spinoff for digital only content of the CW called the CW Seed, mm-hmm. like S E E D, kind of like a seed programming, you know. Oh, seed sure, like, sure. Um, <clears throat> and it's it's a free website slash app, you know, on most things like Roku's and iPhones and stuff. And because it's the CW, which is like an over the air network, it all the other content is free too. It's not paid, and so uh, it. They already have animated things that are sort of tween focused on this CW Seed uh, portal, so it seems like a pretty good like bet that if it doesn't end up on Alexis, that's probably where it goes because that's all part of the CBS family, you know. So, but who knows? That's speculation. They did not say that. Just to be clear, right? We're just right. we're just speculating here. But it makes sense that they would try to do something that's totally kid focused in an easy mm-hmm. to access, easily accessible way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that one's definitely a little more unfocused. We really don't know. Right. There's nothing concrete about it yet, so no, that, that's probably THR, a bit away. THR explicitly said the details are being kept under wraps. Sure. Yeah. Had a little. Yeah. So there you go. That's all we know. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was that was. That was big cool. news all by itself. Yeah, too. right. Terrific. That was cool. Yeah, I mean that that would have been a full news day, at Trek movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right there. It, yeah, then, because it it goes in dribs and drabs, and you never know what you're going to get. So that could have been a good. That was a good news day right there. Yeah. yeah, and then, the big bombshell dropped later in the day. Yeah. As we said, that um, Hollywood Reporter was speaking to Kurtzman in a rather big interview. Right. And they finally got around to talking to him about the Picard show. And he began talking about how Patrick Stewart got involved and the, you know, the sale job they did on him in order to get him to do, to get involved. And 
Which is actually a really cool story. It is, I guess yeah. before we get to like the big bombshell, let's talk about that for a second. Which is they it's cool that they said that they, you know, just were interested and reached out to Patrick Stewart's agent and they weren't even sure if he would care because um as recently as uh I think it was like twenty sixteen, he was publicly saying, Nah, I can't I'm yeah, not gonna go seventeen. Even twenty seventeen, right. Yeah. He was saying, Nah, I don't even I don't think I can revisit that character, you know, I don't, I don't think so, you know, and he was shutting it down when people would ask. So in light of all that, they weren't even sure, you know, as Kurtzman recounts, they weren't even sure if he was going to say anything. And he says, to our amazement and delight, the agent called back and said he was curious to know what we had in mind. And what was cool is, is um, he had started to write up a pitch along with Akiva Goldsman and Kirsten Beyer. And as and then and then along the way, when this started to get serious, they got, you know, the great Michael Chabon, who we've been really pleased with his work so far. Mm-hmm. He got involved, and it's cool. They talk about how they were trying to give a little, you know, this is a typical thing in the industry, give a three-page outline, right, a little three-page pitch to someone to see if they like it. And this little, you know, nexus of people couldn't even contain themselves. He says they it turned into a thirty-four-page document with no way to shorten it we were going to go we were going all in and he was going to read it or not read it love it or hate it it was our best attempt at trying to get him to say yes and i think that's really cool like that shows that they got really excited about it they wanted to flesh out this you know 20 years later and they couldn't even turn it into the like a little concise pitch they had to say look Mm -hmm. here's this background that we were developing what do you think and uh, you know the rest is history right he he was really happy with it apparently that they had a meeting that was march in 2018 and he was happy and of course as we know about what is that a few months later he walked in all smiles in august of 2018 officially announcing it at star trek las vegas Mm -hmm. so that's cool it's really exciting to hear yep before we get to the big news i was just going to say that there was earlier in the week Kurtzman was out talking to people or actually I guess it was last week was out chatting about discovery and of course people had to ask him about about the Picard show and last week he wasn't ready to, to spoil all this stuff apparently he was waiting for this week and to talk to the Hollywood reporter because of course they're a big Hollywood trade so he's saving the good stuff for them well but, he also he also wouldn't want to say stuff about different Star Trek news that might overwhelm the few days ah, that Discovery very would have with their trailer. Very right? true, because he was there. Mm-hmm. To, he was there for Discovery, right? Um, right. But he did talk about because this is this is interesting. I think people have wondered. Um, we know Patrick Stewart is a producer, right? He's got a producer credit. Uh, there's that photo that we've used a few times because it's one of the few photos of everybody gathered together of Patrick Stewart um, in the writers' room with everyone gathered in September, and it's got. You know, Kiva Goldsman and Kirsten Byer and Michael Chabon and um, James Duff and him all sitting together intensely looking at a whiteboard, you know. And so we've all wondered, like, okay, well, how much is, you know, how much is Patrick Stewart really hands on? And so Kurtzman was telling these folks that actually he's he was there in the writer's room for two weeks at the beginning of the experience, sitting with the writers. Everybody was talking together about what they wanted this show to be, and that's very special. Patrick will send us beautifully written emails about what he feels about Picard and where he feels Picard has been. That's so inspirational. Mm. 
So that's really nice to hear, right? Because you just wonder, like, you know, lots of lots of big stars get like an EP credit or something, right? Because they're influ because they're they have the name too, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, like uh, Tom Cruise, he's he's got producer credit on every movie he does. Right. But then you wonder, and actually, we Tom Cruise by oh. reputation is very hands on as well. Yeah, but, Cruise is a producer, a real. Oh, producer. is he? He's, right. He's oh, got yeah. his Sleeves rolled up. Okay. But oh, there yes, are other, but much. there are other people who definitely have sort of name for the extra title, right? But we, you wonder how involved they are. It sounds like Patrick Stewart really is involved, mm-hmm. and given that pitch and given what it took, it took that thirty-four page pitch to get him involved. You know, get him back. It certainly sounds like he's invested. So that's really good news. Oh, yep. good. Okay, so moving on. We now have Patrick Stewart involved. And now Kurtzman is willing to tell us some, something pretty juicy about yes. the background of the Picard show and where we find Picard. I was yes. really surprised that they released these details. Yeah, I, I guess they have to give people some kind of I mean, of they got to throw somebody at something. Yeah, yeah they got to throw them yeah. a bone. Yeah, Because really so. this just gives us a backdrop. It doesn't tell us like what's going I, on. That's exactly right. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah, so the big news is that Picard's life has been profoundly, or as as Kurtzman put it, radically altered by the dissolution of the Romulan Empire following the destruction of Romulus, mm-hmm. as as was seen in Star Trek 2009. Yeah, right. I mean, knew that that would have like huge ramifications for right. the Alpha slash Beta Quadrant because right. they're really lumped right. together. Right. When an entire you know spacefaring race disappears yeah <laughs> it's gonna cause some problems was well there might also be some some cheering if we know that the remans got taken out by the supernova too i don't think anyone's <laughs> gonna cry about we could, seeing can, the can we please ignore eyes. the space vampires yeah <laughs> like that is, uh, yeah yeah so we don't know what that necessarily means i mean in terms of the intergalactic politics of the situation it's entirely possible you know the Klingons took advantage of the situation and I don't know. Yeah, you know, who, who knows? Who the hell right? knows? We don't know right. what right. caused it, but whatever it because is, of course, we're, because of course we're now in the farthest out in the prime universe we know canonically we, of anything at this point. Mm-hmm. We're out in uncharted waters at yeah. the end of the twenty fourth century. Yeah, we really don't know the landscape at all. Mm-hmm. But I thought Which that was good. cool because, as we know, Picard and the Romulans have had a lot of interactions before, a lot of sort of mm-hmm. love hate over the years. Yeah. Sure. Tomalock, you know, was his foil sort of in uh, throughout the series, and of course, yeah, and Nemesis it's, it's is sad, highly uh, Romulan centric. And Andreas Katsulas died a long time ago. There's no yeah, way they can bring no, Tomalock he died, back. He died really young. I yeah. Yeah. Uh, J. Michael Straczynski said he had a love for cigarettes that could not be understated. And uh, <laughs> oh, sad. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. So yeah, I guess we can't get Tomalock back, huh? That's a real shame. Yeah, so, and, I, and you know, maybe they could bring Sela back, but I don't think there's any real demand for that mm. from anyone except... No, I, yeah, I, I don't think so. I sincerely doubt that they would do yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, so that's kind of the backdrop that the show is going to take place in. I think that's cool. I think that's a good setting. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. It, it, it also shows... One of the things I love about First Contact is, especially with the franchise's 30th, anniversary like they incorporate elements of everything right we see the defiant from deep space nine we see the doctor from voyager Uh, Mm -hmm. of course we see the vulcans from the original series and then 
the at least the uh, Zephyr Cochran storyline, that would then be the springboard for what they do with Enterprise, right? So first contact yep. was was TNG's yes. way of saying we're, we're you're all part of our family, right? We're the big brother, but you know at that point because they're the most popular, but but we're we're bringing you all in. And so this is a way of kind of doing the same thing too, of saying no, the Kelvin verse is not its own thing. It's actually had impact on the Prime Universe, and here's how this this um, big event is not just something that happens so we could worm Leonard Nimoy into a, a movie with his younger <laughs> alternate self, but this is a real thing too, and, and we're going to own it. Right. And so just mm-hmm. to be clear, cause I, you know, this is, I think this is fairly clear, but for some reason this confuses people. I think only because it happened in a JJ movie is that this destruction of Romulus happened in the prime universe before Spock leaves it. Yeah. So yes, this really happened to, you know, our, you know, our universe, the standard, you know, prime universe that we Mm -hmm. knew beforehand the destruction of romulus happens before spock is and nero are thrown back in time and create you know a splinter off into what becomes what we call the kelvin timeline now Mm -hmm. so so yes it happened in a jj abrams movie but no those events did not happen in the kelvin timeline those events created the kelvin timeline right so they actually really did happen like in the prime timeline and now we're going to see what happens to the people in the prime timeline at that yeah, point. The ramifications yeah. Of the, it. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's like, it's a small detail in the plot of 2009, but basically like what would happen on earth if Beijing and half of China just blew up suddenly. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. That, exactly. that would reshape the geopolitics. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, to, to go back to, uh, a more TOS kind of reference. Think about what happened when Praxis exploded. Right? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then and then imagine that's not just somebody's like energy producing moon, but their entire home planet yeah. is gone. Well, so. and and the whole star system, right? So I made the little throwaway line about the Remans, but if presumably yeah. the you know yeah. they have colonies presumably. on Romulan Mars and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it probably engulfed the entire system. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So yeah. whatever we have, whatever's left, has got to be a. A ragtag group of survivors. Okay, that's a different TV show. But you know, uh, that's a little, B- a little classic little BSG that, for Battle Star Galactica. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. maybe uh, life but, here started out there. <laughs> there are those who believe. Yeah, exactly. Life here began out there. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, we'll have so we'll have a you know a spread of just sort of Romulan survivors, but uh, few and far between. It sounds like. Yep. So that pretty much evaporates their power in the quadrant and that's huge, right? Yeah. And then how how would other powers react? Would the Cardassians exactly. say like, okay, here's what our chance of... to get some revenge, right? Mm. Yeah, what kind of power vacuum does that leave? Like, man. So interesting. So that's very intriguing. It's it's nice to know. This is something I think we all assumed that like yes, they would not ignore the events that yeah, that happened because they did happen. Sorry, people who want to just plug your ears and pretend that that movie is erased from, you know, the Prime Universe. Sorry, most of it's in the Kelvin Universe, but those events happen in the Prime Universe, so you can't ignore them. Yeah, Romulus is actually fine in the Kelvin timeline. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Just like Vulcan is still fine in the Prime timeline. Right. Exactly. That's the entire point of Nero's, like, revenge motive. Oh, right. the uh, the other thing is, as far as Picard knows, then uh, the supernova would have killed Spock as well, and his whole whole dissident yes. movement. Yep. 
Yeah, so that will be very interesting to, to see what they think about that. Because, yeah, as far as they know, Spock is gone. This is and, true. And, and he would feel some sense of responsibility having left him there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if... Um, now, this goes outside of what's technically canonical, but they they will probably, at least in some way, borrow a little bit from the Countdown comics. Because that, if you... A, part, partly because it was also written by Kurtzman and Orsi, and B that fills in gaps of what was going on right about then. So if you go by what the countdown comics talk, talk about, which for folks who don't know, it was essentially a semi-official uh, prequel to the events of the, to the prime timeline events of Star Trek 2009 oh, okay. that was written. Um, and in that Picard is an ambassador. He meets with Spock and actually sees Spock off in, in the jellyfish to go try and, Oh, prevent this. Okay, well then he so, would know, then he would know he's alive if that's well. No, canon. he does. But no, but he doesn't know what happens to him. Oh, after okay, that. okay. I mean, he he would just see him get sucked into a black hole, right? Okay. He wouldn't yeah, know yeah, what yeah. happened. Never mind, never mind. But the but the point is, like in theory, Picard watched this happen. <laughs> so yes, I think he would feel some real responsibility to like what happens afterwards. So if they use any of that, he really will feel very responsible very involved yeah, if sure. they use it if they use that we yeah. don't know because that's non-canonical it was not on screen it was no. a comic book yeah yeah they, they can they can get rid of that with a wave of their hand really easily yes right. they could. oh absolutely we yeah we don't know if he's going to be an ambassador like they had you know maybe talked about we don't know where picard is you know what his station in life is we just know that the destruction of romulus is going to be the backdrop for his character, yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking yeah. forward to it even more. That that my uh, 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 buying bone has been tickled, <laughs> and it starts shooting in April. So, yeah, more and more details should start surfacing. I oh yeah, there'll be some good I would, social. Media I would think stuff. so. Yeah. Do, do we know? Do you have any idea of which other um, maybe Berman era characters may be in the show? No, no, but they did. They did ask him, and in true kind of Kurtzman amusing, like non-response kind of stuff, he did say, "You know, anything could happen." Quote mm-hmm. unquote. When when asking about if some of the old crew might make a cameo, that's one of those great non-answers that probably means it's being thought about, oh, if, oh, not sure. actually, yeah. if not actually being done. You know what I mean? If they're not actually doing it. They're sure as heck thinking about it. <laughs> do you do you guys have any personal preferences who you'd like to see be brought along with? Because they can't bring, they can't have twenty people guest star, right? They no, can, no, they can only right. do a couple. Really. Well, so I personally it, think Guinan yeah. is a really good choice because okay. then he can confer with her. He's mm. Sure. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we know Guinan is kind of long lived and somewhat ageless in a way, yeah. and like she can and, be around. And 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 she could have a cosmic sense of Spock still being alive somewhere. Sure, that's true. So I don't know. Uh, that that's the one that jumps to mind. Is it seems it'd be nice if he would confer with her every Brian, once in a while. Brian, Brian, what do you think? Who would you like to see brought back? I, I don't particularly have a preference. Guyan's a good one, but I don't have a particular preference. He, he has Picard has connections with all of those characters sure. for various different reasons. Yeah, um, it depends on what direction they're going, really. It depends on what kind of emotional state he's in. Yeah, I mean, if he's yes. in if he's in turmoil, then yeah, Guinan, Deanna, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. So it's hard to say. And if it's a war footing, we're going to see Riker. We're going to see Worf. 
Yeah, if the, right. if, they're, if the Klingons are involved, if they try to take advantage of it, then obviously uh, yeah. Worf would be there. And I wouldn't yeah. write off Data, by the way. Oh, oh no, really? I, I don't. Really? I don't know. No. You know I, I personally think that with the way technology has evolved since Nemesis, I think if Brent really wants to play Data again, they'll oh, yeah, just they de-age just, him. They de-age him a little. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think they would just... You know, they they left a little trap door with B four. I think they would have Brent and call him Data and not even mention it. That's yeah. it. Well, well and that again, was the whole, you, that's what would if, have happened. Anyway, if you go they, back yeah, to the countdown, you. if you go back to the countdown comic book, that's exactly what they did. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, D- that Data's, is Data. Yeah, yeah. Data's Matrix actually finally like took over B fours. Like you know, remember how Data tried to download himself his, to B four? Yeah. His Matrix. You mean his his, Katra. his Android Katra? Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. His Android Katra finally, like you know, downloaded fully or whatever, and integrated yeah. fully, uh-huh. and he before one day basically wakes back up and it's data and that's data. Data. Yeah. and that's the yeah. end of it like done yeah. you know yeah like, so. yeah that was that was their that was their their safety valve mm-hmm. that was their search for spock you know resurrection yeah. if they yeah, wanted it so i yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't put any of that past it i also like the idea of maybe a sort of belligerent kind of phone call to bev and like it would be cool if they made that officially made it that they had been married and divorced kind of thing oh sure like from all good things yeah like like all good things because that would just yeah. be kind of fun you know that they're just kind of a, a pissy divorce couple at some point mm-hmm. she's got to put him in his place about something yeah you know. one of those couples that gets along better after they're no longer together. oh <laughs> right right oh absolutely yep. yeah yeah yep. yeah i could totally see that so i would put in a plug for reg barkley i i love that character so much i think it'd be fun to see dwight schultz come back what would you do with him? I mean, I, I'm not saying no because I kind of like him too. But oh, you could have him do, do science with... stuff, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. He could be he could be an engineer. I don't know. You may, uh, there's nothing he could do that Jordy or Data couldn't do, right? But I did. I can't remember if I told you guys, but I did always have this thing. I always wanted to see, like as far back as like season five of TNG, is this idea that Reg and Picard have a weekly um, fencing match with each mm-hmm. other cuz they're both fencers. It's a, it's a cute idea. I like yeah, that. have I have I mentioned that before? You have. It's okay. a good idea. Yeah, and I just like the idea that all the senior staff, particularly Riker, are intensely jealous of it. <laughs> anyway, I thought that would be cute. Yeah, it's a good idea. Hmm. It's just one of those like fun things where you might just still cut to them fencing and finishing a fencing yeah. match sometime, you know. Yeah. And Guinan, she's a fencer too. They, they She could, is, that's they right. Could do that as well. They can all go out to the phaser range together, too. Guinan's quite the shot, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> she needs to keep her eye sharp. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. good times. Good times ahead. Indeed. Lots a lot going on. To. Now, we have one more piece of news that dropped today. One more. Oh, wow. And apparently, and we've discussed this now multiple times in the podcast in the past six months, but it's starting to look more and more, more, and oh, more yes. like the, the fourth uh, bad robot Kelvin timeline Star Trek movie is on life support. <laughs> this is almost this is essentially non news at this point. Like, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we, 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 we won't this, spend too really. much time on it, but the yeah. bottom line is is that um, S. J. Clarkson, who had been named the director, yeah, believe, she's moved on. Uh, yeah, about six months ago, she has moved on and is now going to be directing the Game of Thrones spinoff that's coming. Yeah, that's that's a better gig for her anyway so. oh yeah of course it is. yeah yeah Good that's luck. that's gonna be cool um so like, non-existent thing that's not moving or a hot franchise that's <laughs> going yeah forward, she became you know? available essentially like there, her schedule opened up because there's no star trek movie yep so i would think it would be 
quite a long shot that we will ever see a fourth movie. Yeah, it, it, it sure seems it, like it. If we see yeah. a Star Trek movie again in the near future, it will be directed by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, uh, yeah. Yeah, and if they decide to go with a new production group, you know, as we've discussed here and has been written elsewhere, Christopher McQuarrie might also be a candidate to take over. Yes, he's been interested for years. So Yes, yeah. He yeah. most recently directed the Mission Impossible, last Mission Impossible movies, he wrote the usual suspects he's a very 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 talented dude mm-hmm. so so who knows I, but it definitely looks like there may be quite a gap between star trek movies yeah. yikes it's not it's, it's basically bad. a joke at this point yeah i mean i mean we'll, we'll, we'll probably devote it if this is indeed the end of the the kelvin era we'll probably do a podcast looking back on it at some point yeah. But we still haven't gotten a definitive response from Paramount, by the way. We reached out to them today, and they had not mm. said a word. They didn't say any word to any of the trades no. or us or anybody else. So. No. no comment. So No comment. Yeah, exactly. So, But but Deadline Hollywood phrased it as currently shelved. shelved. So, oh, yeah. wow. That's, that's even worse than development hell. Yeah, that's that's basically we're, we're probably never going to come back to it kind of thing. So Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was the last of the big, like I said, it was a big, big, big day today. So, big day. Yeah. Big day. So that was the, the last of the big news stuff. And we thought we would close with a little chat about the final short tricks. Yeah. Which dropped last week, uh, The mm-hmm. Escape Artist, the Harry Mudd episode, which is Mike McMahon's debut, the writer of Rick and Morty and the upcoming Lower Decks. This mm-hmm. is his Star Trek debut and uh i don't i'm not going to go delve into the plot if you're listening to this you already know what the plot is yeah, um, yeah. what did what did we uh, what do we think about this one guys I, I enjoyed it i thought it was the best of the short tricks uh, and the thing i particularly liked about it is it's the one that felt most like a complete story with the beginning middle and end whereas mm-hmm. even though i enjoyed calypso and the kelpian one i'm sorry I can't, the name escapes me um they they kind of felt like a third of a story and then they just mm-hmm. kind of ended if that makes sense so sure. I, I liked how cohesive this one felt all right matt what about you uh yeah i mean this like i said i think i echo the whole this is one of the few along with calypso that seems like it was made appropriately for the 15 minutes um it still i think maybe suffers a smidge for it but overall works pretty darn well yeah in the short form um I don't know if it's just my sort of own anticipation for hopes that this is going to be like amazing, but I didn't think it was amazing. I thought it was good, mm-hmm. but I didn't think it was amazing. You know, the helping for Mike McMahon, you know, his pedigree, like let's make this amazing. I I don't know. Something about it let me down just a little bit. Like I can't quite put my finger on it, but I just didn't love it huh, the way I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Now I don't hate it at all. I think it's really good. And it's probably in the top. It's probably the second, you know, in the top two of like the four. Mm-hmm. Right, but no, I don't. I, like I said, I can't put my finger on it. But I thought it was fine. I enjoyed the heck out of some of the mud moments. I feel like occasionally some of his one-liners didn't hit. Yeah, you know? I, yeah, like, they were um, a, little, a little trying too hard, maybe. Yeah, ever and then, honestly, the one thing that's just just annoying at this point is this: you slept with a sister trope is really dumb. I don't think we needed that at all. Oh, okay, and. It just it just doesn't really fit like 
the current idea of like where discovery is going and attempting to not be quite so i don't know throwback in that regard yeah but mud's a throwback well he is but they kind of made him less of a throwback right they kind of revised him a bit i thought so they made him more of a kind of just more of a dangerous shithead more than like you know whatever he was definitely but... more dangerous than discoveries for a season yeah. no question yeah he there was none of the the weird menace that he had in those in his two episodes yeah so and well and in that sense i think it's more fun right like yes. he had a more fun thing going on yeah which is great he felt like a little bit more of a clown and less yeah. like a scary clown he, right. he he wrote him more like the mud of i mud yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely. He's more the original series Harry Mudd than the yes, Discovery he's, Mudd. Yes, he's much closer to that in many ways, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so much so that <laughs> one of the Mudd androids is wearing pretty much the same jacket that oh, Car- Roger C. Carmel wears in I Right, right. I missed he that. Such a fun Easter egg. I gotta rewatch that. It's such yep. a great Easter egg. The compartment of different Mudds, one of them totally has pretty much not quite the same thing but pretty much a new take on it it's great it's very close to it though yeah i enjoyed the episode myself i thought it was it totally very harry mud story and like you matt very. said it it probably of all of the short treks it had the right kind of story for you know a 15 minute short film yeah 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 it really has a a beginning a middle and an end like it doesn't it, it's very closed much more than the others are so I, I i enjoyed it i got a kick out of it it you know it highlighted you know that harry is a confidence man in every <laughs> in way, every shape, way and form you yeah. gotta love it he has no compunction about lying to people you know he <laughs> yeah, i just a, love that he's, we a, see he's kind of that he's just a rogue yeah. yeah, I just love that we see his little robot clones feeding the same lines to everyone yeah. and hoping they work. Yeah, that was yeah. good. It's really great. That was yeah. good. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know where this falls in the timeline. I assume this is still way before the original series, but you could almost lay it right before iMud. Mm. It, it's, see, sure. yeah, it's, very un, it's very unclear where it is. Obviously, it's after magic to make, make the saddest man go mad because, of course, one of the things that is on his record and his bounty record is penetrating a space whale. So, yeah, so true. we know it's after that, but otherwise, yeah, it's not clear at all when this takes place. Yeah, because yeah, what's with this android stuff? Yeah, it was a fun little romp. It was, it was, it was easily like the the, the breeziest of all of these. Episodes. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Oh for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's just like kick back, just your, kick back your feet and put yeah, you know, put your put your feet up and just you know enjoy it. Kind of a episode. There's, it's not trying to make any larger point about humanity or anything else. Nope. It's just giving you, uh, you know, a snapshot into the life of hardcore fan yeah. mud. Mud just trying to charm and shyster his way out of everything when it. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Now, we think Harry may be back for season two of Discovery. We don't know for for how long. So there may be material in this short that will be tied in somehow to it. Possibly, yes. Maybe not, though. Maybe nothing at all. Who it, knows? The, the other thing from a sort, sort of meta game, it, I guess is the term, is if you're going to get Rain Wilson to come in and you're going to take time out of his schedule and shoot stuff and pay him, uh, it seems like it makes sense to take a week and do some extra stuff and not just do one little thing right so mm-hmm. as as we know these short checks were, were tacked on to other episodes to get them you know filmed on the cheap 
So, for example, we know that the Saru short, of, cor of course, was filmed at the tail end of when they were filming, or maybe at the beginning of, I can't remember. Anyway, the point is, it was tacked onto, duh, when they were already on location shooting Kaminar for the main season, right? Mm -hmm. It only makes sense. So, if that's true, yeah, maybe this, this short treks for Harry Mudd was tacked on when Rain was already there doing a main, you know, a main season yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah, and also it would seem to make sense that he would appear before Spock gets introduced, uh, because otherwise that would Spock would have already met Harry Mudd by. That's uh, true. Right? Oh, very true. Very true. So it's okay if he meets Pike, but he, he can't meet Spock. That is a very good point. That's true. So in other words, in the first handful of episodes, yeah, if Mudd's we see him, show up. it's probably be where it is. Probably. Yeah, that makes perfect. Ah, I didn't think about it. Good, good point. Yeah, that, that's a really good point, Jared. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Oh, he was at. The, he came to the Salt Lake City Comic Con in September, mm -hmm. and we mm -hmm. were, we met him, and it was right before he went to go film this, and so he was very excited to do that. And he still had the beard. It is his. He actually grew that. That's not artificial. Yeah, it, lo it looks like him. Yeah. yeah, it totally does. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, That's good to know. like the picture of him, he doesn't look like Dwight. And so, like my niece and I, we dressed up as Michael and Dwight, and. Uh, I oh, wanted to put it, it on my Christmas card, match. but he doesn't even look oh, like. Oh yeah, it. you mentioned that. Yeah. You oh, did I? That. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. No, no. It's, it's okay. that's perfect to bring it up. Then. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the other thing while we're talking about that, I thought the Tellarite makeup looked great. I really liked that. It did. Yes. Yes. Like like we sort of saw a little bit last season, when left to themselves and not trying to do dramatic redesigns because of Brian Fuller or whomever else, <laughs> I think these guys do a really good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Update updating stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, the Tellerite was great, and the way he could he he actually confused the hell out of that Tellerite. Mm -hmm. I, I I know because every time the Tellerite like thought he was like not falling for something, he really was. Right? He was. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was great. It was great. <laughs> it was great. Um, I, I thought I the thought... Tellerite looked so. If I could just say, I thought the Tellerite looked so good that when I first saw it, I thought it was uh, from Jim Henson Creature Shop. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, that's a compliment. Yeah, the, I, that's yeah. A, I think it's yeah, highest the, compliment. No, it is because Jim Henson does amazing work. So there yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, I agree. Yeah, fantastic job. Um, I just want to say, first of all, Rain Wilson was once again, his performance was excellent. His direction, he directed this, and I know he. When we were in Vegas, uh, we saw him, and he was mm -hmm. fretting about being able to pull it off a little bit. Now we know why. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a lot a, going on in this a episode. A lot going on. Yeah. yeah, it was. There's a lot of tricky little things you have to do, and he totally pulled it off. He did a really nice job. The production level of this, by the way, is very high. Yeah, some of these episodes are a little cheaper than others. You know, obviously, you know, you have to balance budgets for everything, including these little short tracks. Sure. So, this one they clearly threw a little extra money into. There's a and lot of different sets. And what's amazing is is that a lot of these are still redresses of things, but mm -hmm. just done so well. So well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 I really enjoyed it. I get what you're saying about it, Matt, that you feel like it might be, you were probably expecting a little something. Maybe little. a little more, yeah. It's just something. But I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a nice way to, to wind down the, uh, the short treks for this season. Yeah, I, I also, one mm -hmm. detail I particularly enjoyed is when he's in jail with the Orions and, and he's trying to bribe the guy and, and the woman comes in and says, you idiot, there's a camera in the cell. We know exactly what yeah. you're doing. And I'm like, finally, <laughs> someone in Star Trek put a camera in the cell. 
Yeah, right. seriously. Yeah. Yeah, that Orion guy was such a schmuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny because it also plays into what what um, Enterprise established as like the reality with Orion, which is like the men actually aren't the sure. the they're, ones they're pulling being, the strings. Yeah, they're being mm-hmm. manipulated. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I had the same thought that it felt in in sync with what they did in Enterprise. Right. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Because. Yeah. The smart woman, who's you, you know, who we're not supposed to think is actually in control, sure, has yeah. has to barge in there and go like, "Hey, dummy! Like, <laughs> idiot! Yeah, <laughs> what are you doing?" Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, I think uh, I think it ended on a good note. Yeah, and I think um, I was going to say that reflecting on this, like the next day after watching it, I was thinking that. You know, where uh, of course Mike McMahon writes for Rick and Morty, and I think mm-hmm. that there there is a good Rick and Morty feel to this, but not you know in a bad way in, in, at all. Like it's 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 a perfect little Rick and Morty feel because I think Harry Mud is a bit of a is a bit of a Rick, and it works out really nicely mm, because yeah. I could totally see Rick doing the same ploy sure. to, yeah, to just yeah, screw yeah. with people mm. and, and, and so, using alternate versions of himself instead of Android's. exactly. He could he exactly if there was a bounty on Rick's head for some reason he would totally do this oh. to reap the rewards and screw everyone over mm-hmm. and it and it works like and you know what you could see Harry Mudd especially this version of Harry Mudd doing it so I think it works nicely that again, again this is in his wheelhouse right this is the right kind of thing to have written for yep. uh, a short trick and another thing that just occurred to me as we were talking about it now is one maybe one of the reasons why uh, this works so well is Mike McMahon comes from a 30-minute, which is actually not really, it's more like 22-minute sure. writing background already. So oh, you know what? He, so, he yeah. already hits the target for 22 yep. minutes regularly. Yeah. So for him to hit like 13-ish, maybe not such a far reach compared to people who are used to writing hour-long drama, right? Yep. So that, makes a lot that of just sense. occurred to me. Maybe yeah. that's why his, his is kind of tighter and wraps up sure. nicely. Yeah, that's a really good point, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, based on, you know, seeing this, I, I have high hopes for Lower Decks, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, I hope we get that within the next, you know, year and a half, maybe, I hope. I hope. It's you know? always a long we, we process. We won't see it until after Picard has run, has run its course, probably. Yeah, so, I, I can't. So oh, you got to figure we're probably, we're probably like a year and a half away from it. Yeah. It's not quick to go make an animated series from scratch. Right, right, right. So... Yeah. But I am looking forward to it. It's, you know, it'll be a first for Star Trek, a comedy, straight mm. up, straight out comedy. So. Yeah, straight up comedy. Yep. Yep. If we didn't mention it, I just wanted to reiterate the straight up comedy thing. It made me think. If we didn't really mention it before, the kids show that's animated is not a comedy. They've they've straight up they've said it's not like an outright comedy. It really will be a, an action and adventure like kids show. Sure, gotcha. like like TAS. They just wanted to be. Right, yeah, sort of. I, I mean, who knows? But they've just—they just wanted. To, I can't remember if we mentioned it, but so I wanted to say that right now. Of, don't worry, like there's not a kids version of Lower Decks coming as well. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. no, that's a different style, a totally different yep. style, and a totally different yep. feel. Yep. No, that's a good point to make. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Just in case, I forget if we mentioned it. So, um, so overall, though, let's let's take a second just before. How did we think of this short trek experiment as a whole? Just because now the, all four are done, at least for now. As we know, more are coming, but for now, mm-hmm. all, all four are done. What did you think? On the whole, I I liked them all. I enjoyed, at least they were enjoyable in some in some manner. You know, mm-hmm. 
and it was a nice way to change it up. It's also a great way, as we've sort of, <laughs> as we've discussed, it seems to be a nice way to audition people mm-hmm. <laughs> to come, you know, write oh, sure. for Trek. Yeah. So I agree. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought the first one was probably the weakest entry of the bunch. I, I yeah. actually haven't By seen. Far. I, I haven't seen that one. Do, do I? Oh, oh right away. Do I need to feel bad about that? Not no. really. <laughs> it's it's mostly just Mary Wiseman being a delight, but otherwise kind yeah, of a yeah, hollow. It's, yeah, Mary Wiseman kind of elevates what is not a very good script. Yeah. Um, the others were good, though. I enjoyed the others. The Calypso episode was the highlight for me, but I enjoyed the other three very much. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was a worthwhile experiment, and they should, you know, they should continue. Hopefully they'll do something more than beyond these two animated pieces that are coming, but I don't know. I, I, guess I can see. only think they would have to because they need some more to stretch between things. You yeah, know? I, I guess it's going to come down to whether they know when Discovery will go back into production. Yep, that's a big question. And so who the hell knows? I mean, they just literally wrapped less than a month ago. And they're going to probably have to hire a bunch of new writers. And, you know, a lot of people leave shows and they have to restaff. So who the hell knows sure. when they're going to ramp back up. It's you got to figure it's going to be a good four or five months before they even think about starting again. Oh, yeah. I, I, or I, more. I could imagine that, that they just need yeah. to take a pause and regroup and see what's Yeah, going. yeah. We may, they I mean, may not start shooting till the summer or something like that. Yeah. I mean, at this point, they're taking a gamble on the tone and style of season two, you know, the tweaks that they've made. I think they, yeah. they're probably going to want to see yes. feedback on that. You yes, know? absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All That's right. Cool, well, you guys, thanks for sticking with us through all this kind of news. There's a lot. Yeah. yeah all we, of a sudden. <laughs> we had a full plate today. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like I said, started off 2019 with a bang. No kidding. So, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, this will be the last regular shuttle pod until April mm-hmm. for the next 14 weeks we will be covering Discovery's second season and the name of the shuttle pod changes from the shuttle pod to shuttle pod at the disco that's right so if you hear that the next time you open up your podcast app and you hear shuttle pod to disco don't change the channel <laughs> it's, it's it's really us <laughs> boogie on down with us yeah at the disco yeah. breaking it down <laughs> with Trek movie. Um, so anyway, like I said, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. We're looking forward to seeing what the uh, the producers have in store for season two. Yeah, the first episode is titled Brother. Yes. That came out in, in the last week, too. Not to be confused with confused with Brothers, the fourth season yes. TNG episode. Correct. Yes, yes. Correct. Singular, yeah. not plural. Like, yes, like there's blink of an eye, and then I think there's wink of an eye. On yes. TOS and Voyager, mm-hmm. right? Yes. That's... Yep. So now we have another confusing, almost the same title. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and I so. think, did, didn't they have one called What is Past is Prologue? Because there's also uh, an episode of Deep Space Nine just called Past Prologue. So... Yep, you're right. That's another mm-hmm. one. So they got to be careful. Thank goodness for Memory Alpha. <laughs> That's true. Yes, indeed. Yep. In fact, when I went to Memory Alpha to, to just sort of check and see what they had I had put on for episode one, which is called Brother. It even said, "Did you mean Brothers?" Because ah. if Brother isn't hasn't really aired yet, yeah, it's about yeah, to air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're like, "Did you mean Brothers?" And I was like, "No, actually, I didn't." 
but cool because it's just so new you know it's just so yeah, sparse it's just funny i was like nope that's yeah that's it folks all right we'll see you in a couple of weeks we'll see you in a couple of weeks everybody talk to you soon thanks bye bye everybody <laughs>